Welcome to this episode of Shelf Impactors. So, how are design agencies adapting to the new ways of working in a workplace that's leaning towards a flexible, hybrid working environment? Lisa and I share our thoughts on this very matter. So without further ado, let's crack on with the podcast. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Mark. How are you doing? We actually met in person all of about four weeks ago, wasn't we it? We did, we did. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to do a, a podcast live with one another in the same room. Um, so this one is global in terms of how we're recording. So I'm in the Devon and Lise is in Australia, back in Australia. So Lise, how did, did you enjoy your trip over here? It was um, it was challenging because um, uh, obviously you know because I saw you over there. Um, it was for family uh-huh. reasons that I had to go over, um, but I actually had a really great time. It was three weeks. It was a bit of a roller coaster. It was great to be back in England again. A little bit cold at first, um, but then like a great time. Got to some football, saw some of the British springtime, shall we say? Saw you, which was great. We didn't have time to record a podcast, yeah. but we drank <laughs> a lot of coffee. Um, but no, it, it was it was good. Despite the circumstances, it was a really good trip. Um, it was just way too short. Um, what about you, Mark? How have you been? Good. Yeah, very busy. Busy in terms of not necessarily work-wise, but I, I think I mentioned last time, and it's a, it's a still an ongoing project that sort of I'm converting a, a shed in our garden into an office, an outdoor office, and then some logistical issues with builders sort of not turning up on time so me having to jump in and learning at the same time screwing in plasterboards this morning I was just screwing in plasterboards in prep for um skimming the walls hopefully later on today if not tomorrow so yeah it's a big learning curve but hopefully the completion for that project's going to be in a couple of weeks so uh, I can get in there and I can show you the new space so it's a, it's a gym come office the, the gym space takes up 90% it looks, of the floor space. It, it looks yeah, great. Yeah, well, hopefully it's going to be good. It's, we've put in an excess amount of insulation, soundproofing, so uh, it might be very hot in there. It's, um, it certainly uh, seems hot at the moment, even though we haven't sort of finished the walls just yet. But no, that's been good, and work's been good too. Uh, like I said, it's been quieter the last couple of weeks, which has helped me with the outdoor projects and builds outside. Um, so yeah, all is all is really good. All is really good. So, so today's podcast, I thought, because we haven't had done one for a few weeks now. So, uh, despite the fact we went all gun home, we're going to get on with things. Life has caught up with us a little bit, and now, as it does, um, projects <laughs> have sort of had to sort of take over a little bit, and sort of earning money a little bit more, and sort of obviously family commitments. So, uh, anyway, we're back online, recording up via Zoom. Whoop, whoop. Um, so today's podcast is really bit of a thought process around design agencies and how they're adapting back um, post-pandemic and what are the changes they're having to make in order to make it work. So Liz, do you have anything else to add to that before we sort of get, get into the I don't, but just, just based on the life catch-up, what I did write down before our podcast, scribbling down, is what's happened since we last caught up because it's been forever <laughs> again, is life, is that Lisa has been to the UK and back again, doing lots of global work, Winter suck, winter sucks, but Liverpool yeah. don't. <laughs> well, this is football talk, and I'm rubbish. At that. So that was that was my that was my life summary. Um, it's very exciting football talk. Anyone who's listening who's English, um, and, and any sense of um, what's going on in any of the leagues at the minute, I'm excited. Um, so yeah, like for the past eighteen months, the creative agencies have been focused on surviving COVID, 
Um, and I guess definitely from being in the UK, I noticed it. I mean, you guys have been open up. I mean, there's no masks anywhere. To go to a football game and there's, there's no one wearing a mask um, was quite an experience. And so I think what we want to look at is what does the world look like in ages yeah. in, in brand world post-pandemic. That's That's I mean, just as a sort of case in point for us. So as you've just said, the UK is very much opened up. People are being um, encouraged to get back into the office, for example. There's no masks being worn. It, I mean, that's a lie. That people are still wearing masks, but it's a bit of a it's an option and it, it makes some people feel safer um, if you're wearing a mask around them. If you go to the doctors, for example, you obviously you're requested to wear a mask, but around superstores or grocery stores, you you don't necessarily have to. Um, are you finding the same in Australia, Lise? Yeah, I mean, there are still quite a lot of places that people do wear masks, but it's pretty much eradicated now. Like it's, the world is back to normal. Everyone has experienced or come, become part of COVID. I'm amazed that I haven't had it yet, especially after the UK trip. Um, obviously, obviously, yes, we might have done. But well, I'd like to go with the idea that I'm immortal, to be honest, Mark, um, and keep that going as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I think I am too. We'll just keep the superhero. I know you've got your He-Man t-shirt on. So we'll just retain the fact <laughs> that we're actually superheroes. Um, but yeah, I guess everything, you know, even getting back to the studio um, over here at SGK, we're actually moving studio. So we finally got people back to work and actually we're planning towards moving to a new studio. So there's a lot of thought process going into how, how do we get people back to work? Do people need to be at work? And that's part of our discussion today. Um, you obviously don't go into studios at the moment, but it's been pretty fruitful for you, hasn't it? You've been doing some great work. Yeah, it's a really straight, it's a strange one. Um, so obviously I'm really keen to discuss with you how you as, as SUK and as a sort of wider business are adapting to these new changes and how you're encouraging people who have been so used to the working from home setup and almost sort of gotten into the rhythm of working from home to then encourage them to come back into the office. And how, how, how do you encourage someone who has, to all intents and purposes, got used to working from home? They, they like having this, the, the luxuries of not having to commute, saving money on going out for lunches, potentially, you know, those sorts of things. So I guess as part of your move and your change to the new office space is you're going to have to, number one, encourage people that they're going to a different office space. And number two, encourage them to come to the office quite literally um how how will you manage that how, is that something you've you've sort of oh look i mean i mean that said like we're getting people back to work for a business such as as before covid we would never have had people working from home so i think what we've done is for people to even be working from home is a bonus so we've always encouraged since we were allowed to move back into the studio or to go back to work and not be locked down we've always encouraged people to be in the studio as much as possible and i think whilst it's proven we can all work really well from home we can do the job but i do think in the creative industries there's a certain amount of of human contact of um a kind of what the pandemic has driven is is emotional connection that i don't think you get when you do work remotely i think there's there's things you do get you know we can talk about zoom teams or whatever and you get to see in people's homes and houses and pockets of their lives you wouldn't see before 
So there's there's kind of two sides of the coin. You get to see real people, and you want to you want to you want to feel real people, and, and you know connect with people on different levels. But I think there's something to be said for that flexible work model, which is which in all honesty is what most agencies are now doing. Like if you look to all of the big hitters now, they're doing this flexible model. I was re- you know recently I was just saying catching up with with Equator, part of the SDK network, the other day, and they've got this whole you know three days in, two days out, and you can pick what days as long as you've got a laptop. Um, and we've uh, that's what my team do now. So we are not everyone has a laptop yet. So some people we kind of got a rotation system going. But the plan being eventually everyone has a laptop and a screen they connect to. And then you can come into the office and work in the office. But you have to do three days in the office and two days at home. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? If you think about the pressure of not just supplying people with the right hardware, because um, uh, there's an expense involved in that, but also upon um, your IT departments. They had to be on hand. They must have had to double up their uh, workforce, just um, maybe triple, just to, I mean, you know what it's like. You've got a call IT, you've got a problem, you can't open Photoshop or your computer won't access certain drives. Oh, like I, I have to say, and I have to be careful what I say, because our IT, our IT system for our whole network is based in Singapore. And the amount of people in my team who are lodging IT tickets, and then you don't get it, they'll go like, your ticket will be answered in five days. And you go, I can't open Photoshop now. <laughs> and you don't and you don't have permissions to change the cloud because it's all admin passwords and things. So, like I think the first time I use Zoom, and we, we use Teams as a company, the first time I recorded a podcast with someone in our company, I think it was the Alex one, on Zoom. And I send him a Zoom link, and I opened it up, and it won't let me share my screen. It won't let me use video. And I had to contact Global IT that two days later respond to me. And, you know, I kind of get privileges because I'm the creative director, but some people are, are waiting for it. So, and I, but those challenges are there even when you're in the studio because our IT people are off-site. So for us, that didn't change. My team are great at solving each other's problems are going, I've got this problem. We're on, I mean, we're all moving cloud-based systems, work front for tracking time and things. I'm getting a bit kind of boring for people now, but my team are really good at going, I've got this problem. Can anyone help me solve it? And internally we solve it. The difference being then people are office-based. Um, it's a central point and you can all work, work with each other with it under the sort of same roof to solve these problems. But when people are working remotely, you can't, it's not as easy, I don't think, you can't turn no. You can't turn around to you know I don't know Jeff in production and go will this print? You have to you know is there those in our world particularly yeah or even even with digital you know whatever it is you need to go is this here, is here is the answer here? There's that in person communication that is just different. Even brainstorming. There's some great tools. I mean it's accelerated the tools and the online and digital streams for tools like. Exactly. So there is those kind of brainstorming and whiteboarding things that, that you can use, but nothing beats a whiteboard session with a client. We presented some work to client last week and it was just rough. So normally they'd be in for a tissue session with us and we'd get the pencils out and they go, I love that. I hate that. And we would do it together in person. But what it became, it felt a bit formal because we'd have to flick through on screen and then make notes on what they liked and didn't like. Clients are also having to adapt. So it's not just us and the way in which we work with our own teams. We're having to adapt with interacting with our clients. So um, some of our clients, and, and I'm sure you'll find the same, are still not comfortable with coming into the a workspace, office space, and some are. So you've still got to be able to work across in both ways, both in a remote form and having office space to, or, or boardrooms, whatever you might be, to come and allow clients to come in and you can share the work with them. No, I was going to say, we work, a lot of our brands, are, our clients aren't in Sydney. 
So we do a lot of global work or we work with people, you know, across Australia. So to be honest, clients coming in, it's a bit of a bigger space for them to enter. So that's not always, we do so We do have clients in sometimes. Um, but yeah, and I, I think you're probably about to touch on the fact that do you need a physical office as big as you've always needed one anymore because of less people? Yeah, well, that, that's another point. It's a good point. And I'm, I'm assuming that with your office move, a part of that is sort of growth within the business anyway. So you're probably needing more space because you're going to be needing more potentially equipment on sites and then allowing teams to sort of work flexibly. If, if you've got 100% of the team workforce want to come in, you need to be able to have that space to sort of cater for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, for us, it's definitely about expansion and whether you have the whole team in or not. And we're looking, it makes the new spaces a lot more flexible in terms of the workspace. But primarily for us, it was like, we've got a two set photography studio and editing suite and all those kind of things that need to, we've just outgrown it, we've outgrown the space that we're in, which is which is an exciting space. You know, it's an exciting position to be in. But after the pandemic, you just think differently. You know, I don't need fl- fixed desks for people anymore. I need flexible desks. I need spaces that people, which, you know, as creatives, we like to go and sit in a cafe or work somewhere different. So this this opens the gateway to some of those things um, quite well. What it doesn't do, I suppose, is if you're working with someone like yourself, Mark, that's like a freelancer, how do you create that resonance and that connection in a new world? And I think I wrote down, there's a Chris Doe podcast I listened to today, and he talks about how to tell your story, which is a bit off topic, but it's one of his future podcasts. But he talks about people seeking identity and belonging and then you create a destination or a space to, to, to be part of that belonging and that tribe. How, like, how does that, how do I get you as a, as, a, as a creative independent to feel part of something without physically being there? It's very difficult, if I'm honest. And it's always been an issue. Whether you had freelancers, I mean, think two years ago when freelancers and contractors were coming into your studio, it was always quite difficult to have them fully engaged within the business because they're always going to feel slightly removed. For example, I don't know, this is a really strange example, but a, a team lunch. Do the freelancers go on a team lunch because they're not really part of the team and they might not be with you that following week, but you still want to have them as part of your setup because they want to, you want them involved and they've got to understand the culture of the business and how you work and how the team communicates. So there's always going to be that challenge. So working remotely pulls that even further apart. But I think if, you, if you've got experience in that world, and in a contract world, in a freelance world, you can you you know that you're always going to have that. There's always going to be that slight um, gap between you and the rest of the team um, in terms of the way in which you sort of relate within the business. Um, but what it does do, it reflects on sometimes the work that you you get because you're not going to get some of the work that in, needs you to understand the business in its entirety. You're going to get the more more grunt work, <laughs> for want of a better word. And that's, I think notoriously that's been the way though, hasn't it? Even if you go into an agency as a freelancer, you get the, for want of a better word, the shittier project. Yeah. Like personally, like I've got, a, I've got an, an amazing freelancer who's working with us at the moment because we've, we've had quite a few people. Have, finally, the world has opened up, so people are going away. There's been a few instances where we've had to have people out of the team for short periods of time. So I've actually got quite a long-standing freelancer working with us at the moment who comes into the studio um, and is very much part of the team and gets some of the juicier projects. Um, more just because of the merit of the kind of work that he does to be honest like I'm presenting work tomorrow morning and you know it was done by by freelance whereas notoriously they get the shitty work so I think because we're all online anyway as long as you're good and you suit the job I'm not precious about whether you're freelance or or not if if you're great and you've got the right attitude but I guess the old 
um, theory behind that is ultimately if you've got a freelancer who you're using regularly and a point to the point where they almost feel like they're a full timer, someone within the accounts or the finance team will start to say, we need to either get this person on full time or um, we have to get someone else in. So you do get to that point where the, the freelancer has that tip over. And within certain business, others, it doesn't really matter. But certainly in the last couple of years, I've found myself where you are on roles where this sort of goes on for maybe a few months, but then someone somewhere says, I think we're spending a bit too much money on a, using contractors. We need to be using full-timers. I feel like you stepped into my world this week at the moment. <laughs> because they're the kind of challenges and battles I have that you go could someone that we already have on the team do this work and ultimately then if you don't have a contract you're the one that they go well we can have this one internally or someone can squeeze it in and the the freelancer kind of loses out a little bit and to be honest in Sydney this this last week I've had at least three freelancers contact me about work so I don't know if there's fluctuations in in the world in the design world in Sydney but definitely I've had a few people who are freelancing contact me this week to see if there's any work I think the, the example of actually sometimes you get to a cut-off point where using a freelance becomes um, inefficient within the business and the people holding the purse strings start to understand this and can we get this in full time? And that's one of the challenges of um, being a freelancer contract is navigating around that um, and having enough clients where you dip in and out of certain design agencies where who you're helping out um, for that very reason. So do you think, Mark, let's, Let's move on to like, do you think that the future of agencies, as is the now of agencies, is agile? So is the post-pandemic, are agencies, do we have to be agile? Yeah. If we're talking about this flexible, like part work from home, part work in the studio. Is that, is that now the future? You have, like we have, the one good thing I will say about it all as well is that, well, it cuts down commuting time. So people like their days that they, like, I mean, I live three streets away from where we work now, so it's not a big commuting time for me. But some of the positives of this this flexible model are there's less commuting times. Um, we're humanizing. You're seeing into people's homes, which is sometimes quite nice. I mean, it, people don't have the video here, but the comments I get on this red chair, even if I look awful at like nine o'clock. <laughs> I love it. It's an Arnie Jacobson chair. But, um, but, you know, so you get to see a pocket into people's lives and that humanizes people. So that's super beneficial of the online world. It's more, argue this now, is it more sustainable? Well, to work from home? Sustainable in terms of people's mental health, because people are starting to weigh up now. We were living in this sort of nanny state, uh, nanny world, where people are, I, I, I'm, it's a dangerous way of putting it, but we're living in a place, in a, in a space now where people are very much aware of uh, how much things affect their mental health and their mental welfare. And people will do everything they can to try and um, alleviate any pressures. And one of those alleviations is working from home. Uh, And that, like we said, cuts out the commute time. Supposedly you spend more time with your family, yada, yada. But in answer to your question, do I think um, the the sort of agency life is going to be changing to this sort of more agile workplace? I think we've gone to a certain point where we've pretty much 99% sort of remote where everyone's had to work from home forced by governments and by countries to we're going to have to pull it back now I think people are understanding realizing that there's a social interaction that's needed amongst team members and that's not just for uh, work it's also for their people's own development I think we've mentioned before on previous podcasts when you have um, younger team members who are um, new to the industry they need to learn and any way they're going to learn is on the job in front of 
people watching people you can't do that sat in your bedroom sat on a laptop working with the crazy oh you can but it's going to take an awful lot, lot lot longer and there are some people who just don't learn in that fashion you need you in the same room with someone so um, i think it's going to come back the other way i think that we- uh, sorry let me interrupt you there I think that we're going to come back to a balance where, as you said, there are certain agencies who are offering this um, three days in the office, two days at home, or however it might work, or work in the way best suits you. But I think that's going to then also affect the way in which the efficiency of an agency will work. Um, some agencies need people in the office. It depends on your role as well. Certain jobs, you need to be in the office. You can't <laughs> come out. You need to be in front of people. Um, so, yes, I think it's going to come back to a certain extent, but there's going to be a degree of sort of flexibility now. And businesses are starting to understand, you know, we don't need that big office space anymore. Um, Certainly those who are perhaps looking to downsize or um, want to save money somewhere, that workspace is going to be something that they'll probably potentially cut back on. Yeah, I think there'll be, I do think the flexible model will be a long-term thing. So I think, um, I think agencies will have to do the part from home and part from work. I actually, I actually don't think offices will necessarily downsize because I think the space that people need will still remain. I, but I do think, and we're seeing it already, people will move out of cities because you don't, you'll create your own destination. And this is something, it's only through going through this whole process of moving studio with where we are, that it's actually opened even my eyes. I was always like, I want to be in the middle of the city. Like, you know, if you creative people, we want to be in the hub or the cool area. But actually what it's given is a great opportunity to create that destination space so and I know you and I have spoken about this separately. So they're actually disregard where the place is. There's actually some cool uh, businesses that talk about innovation, that talk about sustainability. And I'm working with the team that helps design the interior of the space to make it feel like a place you want to be and, you know, kind of connect and, and think about ideas. Like we're in a creative business. We want to brainstorm and have ideas and have endless solutions. So before your solution was you go to work, you work your hours, nine till like what, two the next morning if you're creative. And, and, and then at the end of the week, you're done. And that was your desk and all of these things. But we want new things. We always want to challenge and try new things. And so it's a great time for us to do that now. So I think offices will be as big. They may not have the same model. So they may not be the boardroom and the office and those kind of things. You might remove office. People are already getting rid of offices and having open plan and things, but then there'll be breakout spaces. So I think there will still be offices, but they'll look different. They'll react different and they won't necessarily be all in city centres. Building on what we were just saying about um, the benefits and working from home or the benefits and working from the office, there was an article that I was reading yesterday um, from a law firm, I think it was a London-based law firm, if I remember rightly, but they were saying that uh, they were putting it out there that they're going to, anyone, anyone, members of their team who wish to work from home full-time, um, they will have be paid 20% less because of the fact they're obviously same in the community. And it's it's a bit of a contentious issue because of, um, people are sort of saying, well, when we're working from home, we find that we're putting more hours in uh, to what we're doing. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts on that were, it is, and it, but it's a conversation starter at least um, to have with your team. Well, yeah, and I saw, well, I saw it on your on your set list. I saw that actually. I saw on your set list the whole what about if you get paid less to work from home and stuff. And there's a bit of me that's like, I mean, when our business originally it was before I worked for SGK, sent everyone home with their Max. They purchased everyone a chair to work from home, and then there are tax returns you can get here because you might get if you get paid less, you're using your own electric, you're using all your 
like your own facilities, I suppose. You're not using an off-site facility. So I don't really, I, I don't personally buy into the fact you should be paid less to work from home. I, I agree. I agree. You're still performing. You're still producing the sort of that sort of work. There's going to be efficiency issues, but that's down to the business to um, rectify those problems. I think part of the other challenge that um, companies are having to face and design agencies, um, moreover, is they're becoming more people centric. And by that, I mean, they're having to look after their team more. They're fully much, much more aware of, again, the family life, the family, sort of the the way in which the dynamics of a family works is, you know, this it's not just one member of the family being the main breadwinner. It's obviously both parents, for example, or whatever this, the, the setup is at home. But another, um, I get a LinkedIn um, post that I saw the other day that an agency in Leeds, a branding agency called the Brilliant Agency, were being quite open about how they look after their team. Uh, and it's this really nice approach. And it was, I don't know if you saw it, Lisa, or not, but uh, they just put out, says, we're, we're keen to be looking after our staff and our team. And the, what they do is, um, this is just, I'm just going to list off some of the stuff that they do for their teams to make them feel a bit more comfortable in the workspace. So Thanks. they'll pay their Netflix subscription or Spotify or their car map. They also potentially pay their gym membership. Um, they have a four and a half day working week uh, with a slightly later start on the Monday mornings. Um, they pay for one-to-one therapy for whatever reason, personal or work. I, th- I think you should send me the link and I'll forward this along to the people that need to see it. <laughs> Do. It's, it's an interesting thought. It's a small, I, th- I'm a, I don't know, I'm guessing. I mean, it's a smaller, smaller um, agency than the, the one you guys work for or work with. Um, they're also looking to have a device-free room for the team to rest in. Uh, they have regular movement sessions. Also, it's a bit sort of... <laughs> A bit odd. But it sounds a little bit like a fusion of a spa and a boot yes, camp. Yes, pretty much. But again, it's a sp- if you can attract new team members by listening, we 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 look after our teams. We're not going to expect you to work here, um, you know, twelve hours a day, every day, seven days a week. What I will say, Mark, based on that, is actually now we're in an era where people are going to choose where they want to work. So I think there is a degree of you can pussyfoot around people too much. And at the end of the day, it's a business. But I do think, especially in creative industries, we've reached the pandemic and people have learned to survive on less or do different things or thought about their purpose. And if they hate their job, they actually get to choose where they want to work. So your job, our job as as, um, studios, as managers or whatever, is is to create a space that people want to come and work and you go well I can go here and they're going to give me like spa sessions and breakout rooms and you know meditation and boot camp sessions and gym memberships they're the kind of things that are on the table now so like it's a it's a real serious problem like if you're going to attract what if day one and you rock up and someone puts like a non-recyclable item on your desk and it's all of a sudden what have I done I don't want to work here anymore people are choosing who they want to work for so you've got to think about creating a space and what actually matters to people because it's not stereotypically there are some businesses creative businesses that think all creative people just want a pool table yes yeah and a couple of pinball machines and maybe a yeah. massage once a week and actually well, it's moved on now to spotify accounts being paid for on netflix um, although you're not allowed to do any of those at, yeah in the i was gonna say you're not allowed to play any of those at work without a separate license anymore yeah what is interesting though in that same very same post the um i'm not sure who it was the md or whoever posted it for this um the brilliant agency they also suggest reading that book that i quoted on before but by yuhan hari on stolen focus which talks very much about 
flows step flow states and how much um, interruption within your flow state um, doesn't help your work at all. So these guys are trying to manage around how we can make people work in the most efficient way possible. And if it means making them most comfortable in their workspace, now this is not just creative agents, this is anyone, anywhere. And as you rightfully said, it's all about making sure people feel most comfortable at work. It's about the culture that you create. And I guess you're going to have to go through this a little bit with your move now is that cultural change. You're moving from the city to a new workspace. Um, so people are going to have to adapt slightly and there's going to be a slightly new feeling when people walk into that door, how people are going to feel. You're going to get some people who hate it and some people think this is brilliant. This is just what I wanted. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's a challenge that everyone has. And what do you offer your team that isn't too airy-fairy and you're not spending for sakes well that's the thing is that you actually raise a really good point there and looking to some of the other agencies and, and i know we talked earlier about dixon baxi and i always look to them and what they're doing for because they do great creative work and so if an agency is doing great creative work there must be something at the core of that that drives that creative work and so i look to them and and they've always talked about the power of momentum and that when your focus is right and your belief and your um, kind of encouragement is right, you will do some of the best creative work because you've got the boost, but you've not got necessarily all of these beautiful things. And they, they've started doing things like, I think they have like a team day. Once a month, they'll get a Friday off. So there are small things. I, don't, I, I do think this brilliant agency in Leeds is going to perhaps a little bit too far. There's a lot there. It yeah. might be proven wrong. There's a lot there with all of these different gym and sessions and things. But just those tiny, tiny things can make a big difference. And so I think it's about like taking stock to go, what will keep people into your point, your flow state? What will keep you moving? Um, and it doesn't need to be massive leaps and bounds all the time. Different people react differently in different circumstances. But what will keep the flow positive and the momentum going is a really great challenge. I think it's, it's going to have to change anyway with people, perhaps if you've got different members of your team in the office at different times, they're all going to experience a different um atmosphere within the studios they're coming on in different days um bulletproof who i've done a lot of work with recently they um take off as part of their benefits package if you like or not benefits package but part of the sort of um encouragement to make people sort of feel like they're part of a bigger team and they've they can they can get feedback um and payback if you like is they offer one day off every month the last friday of every month they have off but it does present its challenges giving people days off um, like that is your clients aren't having those days off so it does mean that everyone's sort of under a little bit of pressure on the day before and the day after to get things out because they know that the production team may not be in on time or the creative team may not be there or certain members of the team might not be there so yeah you've, it is a juggling act uh, and I think just to bring everything sort of into a some form of summary here before we sort of start working out right what do we think is the solution uh I would say that we're, we're going through a big change at the moment uh, and we're, there's, we're probably going to start pulling it back now where we're going to start encouraging people and teams to perhaps we need to be in person working closer together um, and suggesting that we're going to have to go into the office a little bit more than we have been, um, maybe not necessarily sort of full five days a week. Um, I don't know whether you think that's the same needs, whether you're going to have to sort of start with it again with your office move as well, which is another big sort of thing to overcome is how does, what are you going to offer your team in terms of how they work? Well, I think the 100% of flexible work in the three days in, two days out, allowing people to pick what those days are and when they're most efficient. We always, apparently, at the moment, we have like, a, you have to be in on Fridays. 
but that's just because of a change over equipment but the flexible working space is creating different spaces for people to work and a destination that people actually want to go and work to but I also am quite interested to see how it plays out in terms of like when I work with global teams now it's a bit of a pass the baton type thing so the pandemic's allowed us to work more with our America team and it will be here's our creative work from Sydney today pass this on they review it so it's actually creating a really nice flow and fluid system that when we're awake they're asleep and then we feed back and there's a crossover time to connect in different ways so I do think from a global point of view I hope that because we go back to the office it doesn't get closed down in terms of like we've done lots of global and into office work and clients as well like clients don't really care where you are if you can do the job like we're working on a bitcoin um thing at the moment where they're, they're based they're based in melbourne but their background is ukrainian so there's all these kind of opportunities that are, that are really exciting to me and, and people don't care too much if you're not in the studio i've noticed that very much even the last let's say 12 months um as i said a lot of my work and certainly the last two years has been um freelance and contractual work and i've been doing a lot of work with the states and I have done in the past anyways, you know, um, but it just so happens that a lot of the agency work has been coming from um, stateside for me. Um, and it's been great for them because it means that they can give me a, a brief um, halfway through their day <clears throat> and I'll work on it through what is their, their evening and nighttime and they'll have um, solutions or, you know, creative uh, at least the following day from when they get into office. So it's, it works to it to, to the favour of the, the clients, I guess, in many respects, they can get a quicker turnaround. Um, and we've spoken about how countries are coming culturally a lot closer in terms of what their brands are doing. So brands are starting to sort of introduce, I guess, their strategies on a global basis as opposed to just regional. Um, maybe not necessarily every single brand, but a lot are the bigger brands, which means that for creators like us, we can produce some creative which will work across multi-regions, maybe a few adaptions. But uh, yeah, there's it, been huge benefits to it. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping a lot of it continues. One of the things I was gonna just pick up on before, Lise, and that you might have this too, is it does present challenges in terms of how we communicate with our teams. I've noticed that certain people um, prefer to communicate via email. Others like to communicate via chats and Zoom. This is I'm having this with even within agencies where they they haven't defined how we best communicate with even within the team. Some like to be on the phone. Others like to do video. And culturally, that hasn't been defined yet. Previously, we knew right. You speak in person for this. You have a meeting for this, and you have a telephone call for this. Now people can still in, can interact in so many different ways and. Internally, people don't have a solid solution and people haven't yet worked out what the best way is um, via Teams, via Zoom. You know, there's so many ways to do it. So maybe, maybe you feel that more, though, because you're a freelancer that goes into the team. So I like to think that like I know different people within my team slowly I'm learning how each one of them likes to and they all like to communicate through different ways some people are just teams chatters like I've got a great digital designer she'll go Lisa are you free or if I'm in the studio she'll go do you have a minute so there are people that are instantaneous people whereas some people would sit there for an hour and draft you an email and send it over with all of their questions in an email but I think that's about knowing your teams and if you work with a regular agency maybe they'll get to know how you prefer to communicate and I think in terms of a creative director or whether you're a leader or you're the kind of leadership role is you're the one that's got to adapt. And if someone prefers to call, it's not about whether you as a creative director prefer to phone call or teams. 
you've you've got to adapt to them. I think that's what's different. Years ago, a creative director would be like, oh, this is how I react and this is how I communicate with yes. me. I'm in my office and come and talk to me. I think it's different. You have to be you have to be a little bit intuitive to what some people prefer to communicate by. It's a, it's balancing a lot of emotions and, and humanization play. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, but I, what I'm referring to really is even within companies and within teams, uh, if you're working and it, the account director for a particular client wants to work in this particular way because this is the way their client works. So, and then you work with a different um, client within that same business and they work in a different method. So you have to communicate in a slightly different way. So it's not just the workplaces having to be sort of extremely adaptive. It's also the people who are working. You've got to be able to work across and communicate across all these different platforms. And you as a leader have to do exactly the same. And, and how, having not to offend people. And the account directors are the worst. <laughs> well, some are, some, some are bad, but some are great. Some are great and some are very flexible. I guess the other point building on that is um, if you're talking about creative and the creative flow of someone and having flow interruption, is if you're working on a project with your uh, remote team, how often do you have your checking points um, throughout the day? Do you have one, two, three? And sometimes I guess certain members of your team will want to, I need a two, three days, go at this, please don't interrupt me. Others say, I need a regular. So you've got to have your day set out, I guess, to be as flexible as possible. Right, I know Creative A, he can work throughout. I don't even need to bother him. He'll just give me a solution at the end of the week. Others need checking points throughout the day and to the point where it's, it's, it does interrupt your own day and your own flow. So uh, it's how that gets managed too. Within a studio environment, when you're in person, you can do it quite, without even thinking about it. When it's having to be done remotely with people working and, and communicating across different channels, it's, it is a challenge in its own right. It, it is a bit of a challenge. And look, I mean, for the sake of the call, I have to say like none of my creators will probably be listening, but I actually have an amazing team that are really easy to work with. They, they wouldn't just sit there waiting for things to do. Um, but I am also very conscious with those check-ins. So I, like, if you've got a big project on, I, I do. Also, some people need a push as well, and you have to go, I'm going to book a check-in at the end of the day. Or else they will just kind of keep going and going and going and going. And you go, do you need to check in now? So some people need to nudge. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's challenging, but it, you just you just learn and you figure it out. But it, yeah, it's very different in in studio in person, and it's some of the reason I personally prefer to be in the studio as much as I possibly can. I like a day or two that I can just get stuff done from home, or when you've got you know the corporate side of meetings. If you've got a day of those kind of things, it's easier from home. I've worked from home today for that reason, and also you don't have to think about what you're wearing. You just chuck your gym uh-huh. gear on. That's um, able to get the insight into quite, what they're doing. Oh, I see. That's how Lisa lives her life, is it? Oh, I see. Sat in her oh, people, because, well, because I live so close to where I actually work, I'll go down for coffee and there's like a little coffee place on the corner. And they see me some days when I'm all like, not I don't suit up for work, but I look a bit smarter. I at least put something on. Whereas on when I'm working from home and I've got a big hoodie on and I look like a dog, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> And they said so they the coffee people see the two sides of me, and every now and again, someone from my team will creep out and just see me, and I'll do that shy little wave. All right, Lisa, I, I have to say, you've never looked like a thug. I, if thugs look like you, the world would be a far better place. Dear me, you didn't see me at the fo- you didn't see me at the football game. <laughs> yeah, well, that's different. Uh, football. Anyone watching football is a thug in my eyes. No, I'm teasing you on that one. Um, so I guess just rounding up, Lisa, then just moving forward, because you'll have to go through this change right now and, and how with building this, this, um, new space, if you like, 
Are, what sort of changes would you like to see within the agency industry that would make the creative industry an easier place for both clients and team? I think I think the flexibility of all agencies is happening. It will happen. I think this preconceived idea, and look, I had it myself about you have to be in a certain place to be good or to be one of the top. The fact that people are moving out of cities or out of those destinations, like you'll remember, Mark, you were in Sydney, the cool little Surrey Hills area where all the design agencies are. And it used to be like, you're not a cool agency if you're not in Surrey Hills. And I would love to see some of those preconceived ideals change as, as, as after COVID because a lot of the agencies in Surrey Hills have either gone to working from home or they've literally just like they've quit their office they've got a desk space now so I'd like I think I'd like to break down some of those preconceived ideas and I had them myself in this whole studio move I was like but we won't have this view yeah that's true do you know what but we can create something absolutely amazing a different destination so I even might I've even changed my own perceptions around it so I would love to see people think a little bit differently about the new workplaces we're creating. What about you, Mark? What would you like? As someone who works with different agencies, how, how would you like to feel like you belong to them or part of the team more? Would you ever take a full-time job knowing you would only ever work from home? Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I think that's something that agencies are having to sort of factor in now. If they're, they're spreading, the, um, spreading their wings a little bit and want to attract the best talent pool they can, they have to be able to offer that in some areas, depending on the role. Um, they will have some people, some potential team members. It doesn't, I want to only work from home. You know, if I'm honest, I've sort of, what I've built over the last two years, as I've built, what, what I've created, where I've placed myself now is coming, moving out of central London, where I could commute into the middle of London, go and work with the best agencies. Um, I wouldn't say the best. So I work with agencies who are London-based, let's say, um, was great. Um, but now being based in the southwest of England, so I'm sort of four hours drive away from London in the countryside. So I've got rolling hills out here, which is great from a lifestyle perspective. Uh, but I've created that intentionally. And I've also created this space now where I am able to work from home, you know, organising myself where I've got sort of the highest internet speed possible. I've got all my sort of uh, creative tools around me in order to make that happen. Um, by that, I mean sort of Macs and what have you and laptops still be able to go to agencies if I needed to but certainly it wouldn't be on a being as far away as I am it wouldn't be commuting into the office on a daily basis I think creative agencies will have to factor in that there'll be certain members of the team who will not be in on a regular basis um, and a lot of people make that move it's not just me I, I've noticed you know a lot of people in my network many of them have moved out of cities into the countryside and have created up there have set up themselves to be able to work from home um, for that very reason and agencies i think had to allow for that for me i had to build those relationships and it takes time to build the relationships with the clients um to make sure that you have enough of a client base that when work does as we said people start to realize we can't work with the guy for any long we've had him on for three months we can do this sort of internally you have to have be able to work between the other agencies and know that that's going to potentially happen so yeah i think there's a lot to be said for it but i do I enjoy the social interaction at the same time too. So if I'm expected to go and I can do, and I like interacting sort of internally, I love, to, I love going to other, other office spaces and not just the one office space, going to different clients. Um, so there's a degree of both for me. Do, do you feel the one thing I, I do wonder, do you feel like you miss out on pockets of culture? So if you're only in one space and you're working in 
Um, so because what you do get when you're in an office or um, like I love the agility of the different spaces to be because we need diversity. But even being around people that aren't into the same things as you, you hear those conversations and you get ripples of culture that you perhaps wouldn't be aware of yourself. It might even be something as silly as someone walking in from lunch and they've got something you go, oh, what is that? And there's a conversation that happens and it's and it buys into a pocket of someone else's culture that I, I, I don't know how you get that. And, and, you know, from work, from being in England for the past three weeks or whatever, just stopping at an old pret or or just those little nuances of collision of cultures that I don't think you can replicate online. You're absolutely right. And it's very difficult, but it's it's a bit like you have to adapt, but you also have to be quite strict with yourself and say, I have got to go and immerse myself sometimes. I've got to get out this sort of comfortable spot of, in the countryside and wearing my wellies you know, on a daily basis. I've got to go into the city every now and again just to experience it and expose myself to what brands are doing, what people are doing. Um, if not, you become too far removed. Yes, yes, you do lose out on the sort of the cultural interaction, but you have to make yourself and force yourself to go and involve yourself, even going into an office space if you can. Difficult when it's you know, stateside, but if I'm working with a London agency, if I can, I'll get to go in and see how they work, get to meet the people I'm gonna be working with at least once or twice. And then I know that when I'm talking to them online, um, I felt I've had that social interaction already, and they sort of know a little bit about you as a person, and um, which I help, I think helps rather than working someone with someone cold and not understanding them as a sort of an individual, which I think is quite important. Um, I, it's an exciting space to be in, and you know the way it's recovering from COVID. Um, I do wonder how it will work out in terms of freelancers like yourself, and how we bring you guys into the space to feel like like you belong to something again because we do creatives all need to belong somehow yeah totally that's what it's all about all about is you want to feel like you're belonging in a space and amongst a crew um and it is as a freelancer you always have to be able to sort of do a bit of both um but it's not just that like i said almost every single team member has become a freelancer per se over the last couple of years because they've had to they've had to take on that sort of same type of role where they're not working working remotely they're having to connect with people in the teams they hadn't don't normally talk to well, you're responsible for your own time and your own management of it in your own home, isn't it? So, so yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a sole trader, even though you're part of a bigger picture. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Exactly. But um, we're all getting there. And so when are you looking to have to, when will you be moving into the new space? Have you got a time frame? Not, you know not until, not until, it's going to sound ages away because it's not until September. Um, so it's quite a lot. Quite a long time away, um, but yeah, there's quite a lot happening generally before then. Like, um, I'm doing so much work with America at the moment, so there's quite a lot of transition things, and um, there's awful a lot of IT to organise if you're moving studio as well. So it's all a little bit crazy at the minute. <laughs> and when are you, when are you going to have your mansion built, Mark? <laughs> well, the mansion's already built. It's now just renovating the bloody thing. It's not. I a know mansion, it looks. It say, looks it's, amazing. It's, oh, it is lovely. It's a very different place to having a, a, a small fishbowl in um sort of just outside of central london um so three weeks i reckon i've still got a lot to do still got so but it's not just office space it's also gym space so i can't wait to have that set up when i can get in there and have a nice at the moment i'm using this it sounds like I've, had a, I've used the workshop which is full of dust and rats and all sorts so this space has got no rodents in it um and it will have everything will be clean and dust free hopefully so um yeah three weeks countdown boom sounds good it's been amazing lovely to catch up lovely to know you got back safely after your trip over here 
Um, and hopefully we can both pay our parking fines that we both seem <laughs> to get uh, or have gotten since you were over here. But um, Yes, we've got a few, haven't we, between the two of us. Those Costa coffees days. really added up. <laughs> yes, they did. Bloody things. Oh, well, not to worry. It was nice coffee. <laughs> Good company. <laughs> it's really great to speak. And uh, we'll make sure we get another recording up as soon as possible and not leave it as long this time again. Sounds good. And I've got Dixon Baxi in the middle. So we've got a guest one coming up next. Happy days. Look forward to it. All right, Liz. <laughs> take care. All righty. Take care, Mark. See ya.